0: You're listening to A Conduit's Diary. This is a podcast about me, Rachel, and my experiences as I investigate paranormal activity as a conduit. This is rated R for explicit because I do have a little bit of a foul mouth. Thanks for listening, and be sure to subscribe and rate this podcast wherever you listen to it. I hope you're ready for episode 20, Crawling in the Wall. where did you get that? I snapped at Stephanie, reaching out quickly to try and grab the drink in her hand. It had the unmistakable scrolling font on the side, a font I hadn't seen in almost a decade. She smiled cruelly, jerking her hand away as her lips tightened on the straw. Oh, this? She said innocently. My mouth watered as I moved closer. Did you drive all the way to Tucson for that? I asked, my voice lowering an octave or two. She shook her head with a taunting smile. If you do a job for me, I'll show you where I got it. Stephanie held the EG's cup close to her body. You're lying, I said, reaching out to try and snatch it again. Am I? She asked, extending it to me. Take a big old sip of that watermelon flavor. I practically lunged for her and took a deep drink of the slushy. It was EG's. I was suddenly transported to warm summer afternoons in Tucson with a slushie in my hand, oftentimes spiked with some alcohol. It's real, I breathed. She grinned widely and took the styrofoam cup from my hand. Let's go. Stephanie had another house that needed exercise. Lately, she'd been contacting me more than Harry, but I anticipated that would change soon. I'd been working more and more with my mother, and she was looking sicker and sicker as the days went on. I had a feeling our last little outing didn't sit well with him, but soon he wouldn't have a choice anymore. Despite the relatively long car ride to the home in question, Stephanie and I talked about everything but mom. I knew she knew. How could she not? Her and mom were always close, much closer than I ever dared to get. Where Stephanie practically latched onto her, I saw her like another magnet— too similar to do anything but repel. So, this is pretty standard, Stephanie said, tossing her iPad onto my lap. I clicked it open to the MLS listing in question. Haunted house, it's moved through a few people's hands over the last few months. One couple tried to flip it and lasted, like, a week. Turns out the projects were getting sabotaged before they could be finished. How so? I asked. The crews would find their work destroyed— Any holes they put into the wall were patched up the next day, items going missing, keys to cars, anything you can think of. That doesn't sound very ghost-like, I commented. Stephanie frowned. What do you mean? I shrugged, flipping through the photos of the home. I didn't miss the price tag either. A cool few million. We were heading far north, up to Cave Creek, to one of the mansions someone built up into a mountain. I usually loved these homes. They were such a shock to go into. While a lot of them had the same minimalist bullshit look lately, I was always happy to find one still clinging to charms of excess. I once went into a home completely done up like a dude ranch. It was fascinating. I mean, I said, scrolling through random bits of information about square footage, since when do ghosts know anything about drywall? Closing up holes in the wall seems unlikely. Stephanie grinned. It's not that the holes were closed up, they were just gone. Gone like no one made the holes to begin with. My frown deepened at this. Creepy, but still not ghostly. What, a witch then? A demon? I rolled my eyes. What is it with you people and demons? You people, she countered with a scoff. Oh, you know, people who don't. People outside of the community. I waved my hands for emphasis. Us normal losers, Stephanie taunted, though there was a little bite to her words it bothered her that she didn't share what mom and I could do, even though I knew she didn't actually want it. It was more about not having a choice, being born as an other. Yes, those of you who just get to be pleasantly scared and not constantly surrounded by death. Melodramatic. So no demons? I shook my head. Nah, something else is going on here. And they would have gotten away with it, too, if it wasn't for us meddling sisters, Stephanie exclaimed as she turned into a driveway that spiraled up the side of a small mountain. Meddling is a tame description of you, I muttered. Stephanie creaked the front door open as it echoed through the empty house. Due to her description, it was empty, with signs of an attempted renovation evident throughout the front hallway. The heavy door slammed shut behind us, making both of us widen our eyes. Spooky. Stephanie said, wiggling her fingers. It didn't miss my attention that she'd plan this particular ghost hunting adventure in daylight. Maybe add gentle closing doors to your renovation ideas for the new buyers, I suggested. She rolled her eyes, looking around with her hands on her hips. If this works out, I'll be the new buyer, she said confidently. I raised my eyebrows. Really? She nodded. I'm flipping it. It's a steal in this market, and things aren't slowing down. If we can get rid of this demon, then it'll be so profitable. It's not a demon, I shot back. She shucked off her sunglasses and put them in her purse, rolling her shoulders. Want the tour, she asked. I nodded, following her as she meandered through the empty house. The home was originally built about ten years ago by a family, who owned it until the wife died and the husband was left homeless. I guess she was the moneymaker, and with her gone, he couldn't afford it anymore. He couldn't sell it at the price he set, Eventually, he had to foreclose. It went through a few years of bank ownership until about five years ago, when it was purchased by a young family coming from California. My sources say that's when it all started. The house went back on the market for a serious loss within a few months. The realtor who sold it said the family was shaken and had moved out about three weeks after moving in. He didn't have great details, just that they mentioned a lot of noises. Noises? I asked. Stephanie nodded. Yeah, noises. That's been verified by the other buyers. Every few years or months it gets pushed to someone else who lasts an equally short period of time. It's always the same story. Things going missing, items moving around, noises in the walls and in the ceiling. Have they checked for rats? I asked. She rolled her eyes. Of course, animal control has been called out here like every few months. Apparently, they'd reported a sighting of a chupacabra. I swallowed a laugh. Really? She nodded conspiratorially, pointing out the large bay windows to the yard behind. At night, they can see its glowing red eyes staring into the kitchen while they eat. Her voice dropped a little bit. "'What exactly does a chupacabra look like?' I asked. She shrugged, moving through the living room into the kitchen. "'I don't know. I thought they were just coyotes with mange or something.' Point is, animal control never found this secretive animal. And they didn't find any paw prints, either. Not that you would. The yard is artificial grass and rocks. Kind of hard to leave prints. Anyway, the family set up cameras to try and catch the thing. Cameras were cut— Time and time again, sometimes it was disconnected, sometimes it straight up didn't work, other times the line was just snapped. The security company stopped coming out for free to fix it, said it was being tampered with. Unfortunately, it could never catch the culprit. It went on. The same family reported noises in the wall. Pipes banging, footsteps at first, just mild noises. Then it progressed to stomping over their heads or sounding like a hammer against something hard and metal. Sometimes they'd hear whispers or voices. There's no attic. There's not even a crawl space. So there's no real way to investigate. Until Stephanie trailed off, circling through the kitchen to grab her iPad. She tapped through a few messages before turning the iPad to me. They put a camera into the walls and saw that. That being a face, a skeletal one. In the walls looked like a shrine of some sort, shoved up against the wood and crushed behind the drywall. It was angled, so the finer details were hard to see, but the skeletal remains of an animal sat high up on the shrine. Below it, the light of the camera illuminated random items like cloth tied in bundles around herbs and flowers. Lower down was a candle burning down to the quick, the wax long since melted and dripping along the boards. Sheesh, I said, handing the iPad back to her. Yep, the family hightailed it hired some exorcism company to bless the house. They took out the shrine, but didn't investigate more, sold the house to another family without giving details. That family saw the red eyes in the kitchen window, but they called the police. Same thing, no paw prints, no proof. And same story. They called the security company the previous family used since the cameras were already up. They refused to create a contract, saying they'd had too many problems with the previous family to trust the house. Even though it was a new family, I asked? Stephanie shrugged, walking down the long hall to the other rooms in the house. I guess they weren't the first family to have problems with that security company and this house. I just couldn't get any details. All of this is secondhand information, tracked down through word of mouth and emails. Who knows how much of this is true, but it's what I was told. Anyway, that family lasted about two months before they left. They reported screams in the walls toward the end. They contacted the initial family, who told them everything that happened. The thought was that their little exorcism just made things worse, pissed off the ghost or whatever. Anyway, the most recent owner is the one that vacated mid flip. They wanted to give this a different appeal. Now they've essentially abandoned it because they've lost so much money trying to reno it. I see, I said dismissively, eyeing up the walls. You see, Stephanie echoed, her eyebrows raising near her hairline. That's all you have to say? I shrugged, looking around. I just don't really get a haunted vibe. I mean, you've mentioned red eyes, things moving around, light noises. It's like a Hollywood haunting. You're saying they're lying? I shook my head. No, I just... I sighed, circling through the last of the rooms of Stephanie. I don't feel anything, I offered with a lame shrug. Feel anything? She pressed, turning to head back to the kitchen in the living room. Yeah, usually if there's something that powerful, I know right away. Sometimes before I even enter a house, I can feel it. If it's that combative, it would have jumped out at me by now, you know? Spirits can tell what I am, and, well, they're a little drawn to me. Drawn to you? Stephanie echoed. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a beacon. They kind of flock to me. Stephanie took a step back, and I rolled my eyes. I'm just saying this house feels like every other expensive house in the valley. Too much money, not enough individuality. I expected something a little more exciting. Stephanie shrugged, leaning back on the counter. Maybe it's a shy ghost. I cracked a grin just as I heard a noise at the end of the hall. The echoing of noise as it bounced down the empty hallway. We exchanged looks. The smile suddenly wiped off our face. Come on, I said, jerking my head back in the direction of the noise. We wandered down the hallway quietly, listening intently for any noise. We were met with absolute silence. At the end of the hall, she sighed, then frowned. She took a few steps down the hall, then turned to walk the opposite way, her frown deepening as she mumbled under her breath. She opened the door to the nearest room and looked around, her gaze turning back to the hallway. What are you? I started, but she cut me off suddenly with a hush. Her fingers drawn up to her lips to press on them. I watched her continue to pace, mumble under her breath, moving from room to room with that frown on her face. At last, she pulled out her phone and I watched her tap away on the calculator app, moving through numbers faster than I could see and I was the crazy sister. At long last, she looked at the ceiling, a smile breaking over her face and her eyes lighting up. I have an idea, she said, her voice dark and challenging. You do? I asked. She nodded. A seance. Oh, Jesus, I hissed. Be serious. You can't just do a seance if you don't know who's here. Her grin only spread. I think I know exactly who's here. Let's go get the supplies, she said, reaching out to grab my arm as she dragged me to the front door. Right now? I asked, angrily trying to jerk my arm out of her grip. Yep, right now. Stephanie didn't stop smiling as we drove the small distance down the mountain to the city, stopping at a corner store to buy candles, a tablecloth, and a hammer. A hammer? I asked. She winked at me and purchased all of it, securing it in a bag. Once back inside the house, she opened the door loudly, listening to it slam itself shut with a loud bang. "'You ready for this seance?' she asked loudly, too loudly. I jerked my gaze around the empty house, listening to her voice echo. "'I guess,' I said, hating the way she spoke so loud. Was she trying to bait the ghost? What was this strange bravery she suddenly had? It made me uncomfortable, like maybe there was a ghost and it decided to possess her without me knowing.' Or maybe Stephanie was possessed by whatever made her such an intolerable sister for 99% of my life. She practically marched to the bedroom, laying down the tablecloth and taking out the candles. She set them on the ground, motioning me to sit in the middle of them. She let them, grabbing my wrist and dragging me down to sit across from her. All right, let's go, she told me. I raised an eyebrow at her, crossing my arms across my chest to yank my wrist out of her grip. You seem like you know what you're doing. By all means, lead the way. To my surprise, she only smirked, tilting her head back to speak at the ceiling. Departed friend, we know you are here, and we're trying to reach you, she yelled up to the ceiling. Silence filled the room, but she didn't seem deterred. Please, if you're here, give us a sign, she called. I expected silence, but instead was met by a metallic noise to my left, in the direction of the master closet. Stephanie's head jerked to the noise. In a movement too fast for me to truly appreciate, she was up, a hammer in her hand, flinging it into the drywall with a surprising amount of strength, given her small size. The drywall cracked easily under her grip, and cracked a few more times as she swung the hammer two, three more times. A large hole was exposed, and she reached into it, grabbing the drywall and ripping it away from the wall. Stephanie! I yelled leaning down to blow out the candles and jumping to my feet. What the hell are you? I stopped as I came up to the wall and saw it was inside. Instead of drywall and pipes, there was a whole room, a whole area of space within the walls. Aha! she practically yelled, grabbing another handful of drywall to drag it off the wall and open the secret chamber more. I knew something was off, she said triumphantly. She stood back to grab one of the candles and lit it, bringing it into the hole in the wall to investigate more. It illuminated the area, showing a sleeping bag and obvious signs of someone living in the walls. With Stephanie's other hand, she reached into her pocket and dialed a number. When the other line picked up, she spoke, Yes, I'd like to report a break-in. She rattled off the address. As she spoke, the noises in the wall suddenly rose to a cacophony, the sound of someone moving behind the walls, filling the air. Oh, no, you don't. Stephanie practically yelled, shoving the phone against my chest. Keep them on the phone, she said, taking off down the hall to follow the noise. I followed Stephanie as she rounded a corner to the bedroom in time to see a figure dart from the room, running for the door. To my utter shock, Stephanie sailed through the air and grabbed the figure around the waist and tackled it to the ground. They both landed with a grunt, Stephanie letting out a cry of victory. The figure under her didn't get up, either because it had been knocked out or out of defeat. Don't even think about it, buddy. She hissed between clenched teeth as she remained perched on the figure. What the actual fuck? I yelled to Stephanie, skirting the edge of the hall to stand in front of it. She had a wild look on her face, her eyes alight as she motioned down to the body under her. I knew it. When we were walking the walls, it it didn't line up. There were gaps in the square footage that don't make any sense, and it's because he's been in the walls. There's no ghost, it's just a fucking squatter. She laughed triumphantly, her voice only drowned out by the sound of the police sirens as they headed up the hill to the house. The police gave Stephanie an earful for her heroics, but let us go after an hour of questioning. It turns out the original owner, the widower, had been living in the house for years. When he realized it was going to be sold, he built a place to live in the walls by changing the dimensions of most of the rooms to the house, making him unnoticed. Stephanie pulled into the busy parking lot of E.G.'s, grinning. See? They just opened this one in Gilbert. It's a drive, but better than going to Tucson. She told me with the same shit eating grin she'd had when she tackled that guy to the ground. I still can't believe you went fucking Sylvester Stallone on that guy, I said, hopping out of the car to stand in the excessively long line for the slushy shop. She shrugged. I've been taking some self-defense classes. I guess I got a little carried away. In any case, there's a story for you. I bet you don't see a lot of unhaunted houses. To be truthful, most of the places I go aren't haunted. They have faulty plumbing or electricity or something. I can usually fix it with some handiwork and make it look like I cleaned a haunting. This is par for the course, except there was a human haunting it. No shit. Most aren't haunted, she asked. I nodded. Yeah, but the people living there don't need to know that. She slung an arm around me, pulling me close to her body in an uncharacteristic show of affection. Look at you, you little scam artist. Whatever. You're going to claim the same thing when you buy that place. She shook her head. Oh, hell no. How am I supposed to swing this? A man living in the walls of a home for a decade? Disgusting. No one will buy that. I wish it were haunted. That would have been an easier sell. A Conduit's Diary is created by me, written and produced by me, mixed horribly and edited by me. Cover art created by BMC Design on Fiverr. Music, intro and outro created by Chris Hornberger.